I had Brother Jones reading in 1 John chapter 4 this morning because that's an easy passage of Scripture. When I say that, it's in, and what I mean is just easy to hear that God is love. Now, you know me, I'm not much for these screens and using all these things, and that's just not my style, but I've got to figure this stuff out. All right. Brother Williams was really proud of me when I said, can I use a screen this Sunday? I didn't actually say, can I? I said, make it work. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but he's not here at the moment to, to, to see me use it. But I'm going to hit a button here. Look at that. First John. Man. Shoo. All right. That verse 8 there where you were at is a very easy verse, especially that last part. It says, for God is love. He is, isn't he? And it's easy to preach that, and everybody likes to hear that, and that's part of Scripture, and we need to hear it. God loves you. Amen? God loves you. He does. He loves me, too. I'm amazed at the fact that He loves me. I certainly have a lot to be thankful for, amen? And uh, He loves me. How about another passage of Scripture? Man, isn't this fancy? Man, this is neat. Man, look at this one. We know this verse. Right? Would you quote it with me? Ready? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a good, easy verse, isn't it? And it's a wonderful verse. God loves you. He loves you. How about another one? All this fancy stuff. Man. I'm a little bit quicker, though. It's a little slow. You see that transition? It's a little slow, all right? So I'll figure this thing out. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo! Amen? God loves you. That's right. Amen. I'm excited. Is that how I do that? Amen. All right, good. God loves you, and He wants you to be saved. Doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or, or, or what color your skin is or what language you speak or what country you're from. He says, whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. Amen? Amen. I like it. Shout it out. Amen. Listen, those are easy passages of Scripture. They are. They're easy passages. But I'm going to ask you a question. Is it right of me, a preacher, to only preach on the easy parts? No, no. no it's not right. Just like it's not right for a parent to only show love without discipline. Right? It's two-sided. There's, there's got to be balance there. If we're going to train our children, we've got to have balance. And it's just, just like me. So I can't just preach, Brother Shank, I can't just preach John 3.16 every week. Though it's an easy verse, I can't do it just by itself. I've got to give the whole counsel of God. Alright? Me being a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching man. Everybody up here, please. I know there's things going on. The devil is trying to interrupt us, alright? Let's everybody just pay attention right here. Alright? I know... That God loves me and I know that God loves you. I know that He does. 
But I have to give the whole Bible and be consistent all the way across. I can't just give just easy parts. I can't stand up here with a big grin on my, on my face and pat you on the back and say everything's just fine. I've got, we've got to deal with things that need to be dealt with from time to time. Yes? Everybody with me? Yes, that's correct. You don't go to the doctor's office to just get a pat on your back and say, oh, you're doing just fine. You go for a reason. Say, help me. Tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. So I can get the right medicine. I can get the right things and I can fix it. This world, now I've got to find wherever I did with that thing. There it is. Amen. Listen, listen. This world and the devil has an agenda. Okay? This world and the devil has an agenda. And they're trying to teach us some things in this world today. That is not right. And it is my opportunity, it is my responsibility, it is my privilege to preach the Bible even when it hurts a little bit. The Bible says that in Ezekiel, that the man of God ought to be on the wall shouting it out the warning that the enemy's coming. He says he ought to be shouting out the warning that if, if the enemy is coming and you don't shout it out, he says, the blood is on your hands, man of God. That's what he says. It's my responsibility to teach the whole word. And here's the problem. Today's message is not going to be like last week. Last week was a little bit of a pep rally. And we had a good time preaching about Jesus Christ and we had a good time together. But today, I'm going to come at it a little bit differently because I need your help with me. I need your help to listen carefully for what the word of God has to tell us today. Everybody with me? This world is teaching some things. And I'm going to be very clear. I'm going to use some words. You say, I can't believe you're using that word from the pulpit. But I need to because we're hearing it everywhere else and I've got to be clear. This world is teaching us that no matter what, any kind of sexual activity that you want to be a part of, And any kind of thing other than what God put in the Word of God that it's all okay now. And it doesn't matter who you are and who you love and what you're doing, that everything's okay. What does the Bible have to say about it all? Not what your preacher has to say. I'm going to show you some scripture today and show you what the Bible has to say. I've been on this this series on Sunday nights about what the Bible has to say about individual issues. And the Lord this week uh, wanted me to do it on Sunday morning for a specific purpose. And since I I understood that and been working on this, the devil has been trying to fight hard against it. Even this morning, there has been so many different interruptions and things to the day. I mean, all kinds of stuff that's going on. And the devil's just trying to damper it, trying to put a hamper on it. Even uh, uh, with all that, this morning our screens weren't working. I believe the Lord would have me put all the, the message on the uh, scripture on the screen so that all the world can see it and that we can see it and everybody. And I knew that's what he wanted. And the devil made, was making sure those screens weren't working this morning. And I had my, my guys, they were working, uh, they were crawling in the attics and all through places trying to get it to work this morning. God's going to do something special. Let's look to his word. Would you, uh, would you go to Romans chapter 1, please? Romans chapter 1. Now, 
before we get started, and while you're turning there, there's something that I need you to know. When you get there, look up at me, please. Something I need you to know this morning. God loves you. God loves you. It's number one. God loves you. Secondly, this morning, I love you and I want to help you. I love you and I want to help you. And third, this morning, you are welcome here. Amen? God loves you. I love you and I want to help you. And third, you are welcome here. I asked for that to be on the screen. Let's see, there it is. God loves you. I love you and want to help you. And you are welcome here. If you agree to that, would you turn to your neighbor and say it with me? Tell somebody that today, would you? Look at your neighbor right there next to you and say, God loves you. I love you and I want to help you. And you are welcome here. Now, what's great is I'm laughing because I'm seeing husband and wife say that to one another. And that's the first time they said that to each other this year. I love you or God loves you. I love you and I want to help you and you're welcome here. That'd be good, babe, if you told me that probably. All right. Amen. Now, now let's go to Romans chapter one, please. Romans chapter one. I want you to understand that theme today. God loves you, and I love you, and I want to help you, and you're welcome here. Let nobody leave the sanctuary today. Let nobody leave the property today, and let nobody be watching on the internet that leaves here with a thought that somebody does, that they don't love me. That's why I put it on the screen, to make sure all the way across the board that we understand that thought. But we've got to deal with some issues here today. We've got to deal with some hard, some hard things. It's a difficult, this is a heavy message. And let's go to first, or Romans chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to put it on the screen there. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, please. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Let's stop there for a moment. When it says unright or when it says ungodliness, that's sin against God. When it says unrighteousness of men, that's sin against other men. You with me? Against mankind. Okay? We if we don't have this right, we're not gonna have this right. And if we don't we don't have this right, it's because we don't have this right. We've got to make sure. And the Bible says that when we don't have this right, God says, You you go get right with your brother and then come to me. Talking about laying things on the altar and about giving sacrifice and things. He says, you just lay it right down there. Don't give it. You go get right with your brother and then you come back. We've got to make sure that we understand these things. He goes on to verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. What's he saying there? He says, God hath revealed himself to us. Mankind knows that there is a God. Let me say that again. Mankind knows that there is a God. He's revealed it to us. 
Okay, Christian this morning, you know that he's given you the word of God. Paul said to, to Timothy that from a child thou has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. But even those people that don't have the scriptures, God has always revealed himself. In the Old Testament, before they had the full scriptures here, even before they had parts of the scripture, like in Abraham's day, they had um, God would talk to them or God would send a prophet to them. And he revealed himself to them. Look at the next verse. Verse 20 here. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What that means is, is there might be some tribe over in some deep part of the world that, that hasn't seen many other people, and even they know that there is a God because of creation. Because of creation. I've heard uh, stories of uh, of tribes and, and places and jungles and different places that wouldn't have outside influence. And I've heard report of a missionary telling a story of, hey, he was, he was looking at a mountain one time. And he was looking at this mountain and he just had a great burden that God wanted him to go to the other side of the mountain. That he didn't know what was on the other side of that mountain, but there was a lot of jungle between him and the mountain. And he knew there was probably jungle on the other side. Means it's difficult to travel and he doesn't know what he's going to face. And God kept putting on his heart, you need to go to the other side. You need to get over on the other side of that mountain. And uh, the, the, the story had it was that the missionary did do that. And it took him some time, but he made it happen. And he got over the other side and he met a tribe that he had never knew that was there. And after a long period of time of learning the language and trying to communicate, you understand that doesn't happen overnight. Getting to know people, trying to learn their language, learning to communicate, and all that. Long story short here, the tribe, the chief ended up getting saved, and all the tribe did as well. And it came back to the point was, the, the chief began to say that there was a time when he was looking up into the, the, the stars at night. And he says, God, he says, I know there is a God. I know that somebody had to create me and all this. And whoever you are, if you would send somebody to tell me, I'll believe in you because I know there is a God. And God at that same time, point, that same time frame put a burden in the missionary's heart to go over that mountain. Mankind is, with, is without excuse because creation says there is a God. All through the history of, of man, you'll, you'll, um, you'll never find atheists in brand new finding of tribes. Atheist, atheism comes from educated people that have discovered what really is true when they're trying to be smart in man's wisdom. Atheism does not come out of, uh, of, of original tribes in different places that, that they might not have had the book smart of all the schools. They just had that. that atheism doesn't come out of that. You look back in archaeology and history and you'll find out that there's always been a, a common theme throughout all the religions of man. That there is some kind of deity. That mankind is sinful and has to please that deity. And a sacrifice has been put in place. Now that sacrifice hasn't always been right. 
and the deity's not always been right, but there's a common theme there across all of the earth, the, all the world. That's not, that's not hard to comprehend when we realize that everybody came from one family. That's not hard to comprehend that. So we know that there is a God and He hath revealed it to us. But look what happens here in verse 21. Verse 21 here. The Bible says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Instead of accepting that there's a God, they refused it. They said, I'm not going to believe in God. Not going to believe in God. And their foolish heart was darkened. Look at verse 22. It's up there. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's what happens when man tries to go in his own intelligence, his own wisdom. He, he, gets, he becomes foolish. All right? When, when, when God is removed, please, I'm just laying some groundwork here. When God is removed, so is truth. When God is removed, so is truth. So how do we know what is right and what is wrong? It's because we have a God who said so. He's given us truth. And He's given us that truth in His Word. Without God, we don't know the boundaries of right and wrong and what what is good and what is not. We don't know those things. So when mankind says, "I I don't like what is right and wrong. I want to change that. Then he gets rid of God. It's sad, but he does that. That's what man does. Look at, uh, look at the next verse. Look what it says. And change the glory, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Right, I'm going to stop there just for a moment. So he changed God into something that was here on earth. Mankind, we're talking about man. You know, you know the way of man here and, and how we can go our own way. And the farther we get from God, the farther we get from truth. And all of a sudden we start putting God into a box and making him be more like an animal or more like this or more like that. Even, even the Greeks did it, didn't they? they the Greeks made, made, they made their gods to be like man and have sinful desires, sinful per- personalities. How, how somebody like Zeus or Poseidon or Hades could come down and, 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 and take any woman he wants and have children with him and all that. That's fleshly, that's foolish, that's evil desires of mankind. That's not God. That's what he's taught. That's what Paul's preaching here. See that? That's what he's preaching there. Verse 24. Look at this now. It says, and that'll be halfway through what's on the screen right now. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, let's define some of those words. When it says, when it says, gave them up, literally means that God took His hands off. Okay? God has pleaded with, with mankind to do right and what is right. And, and, and He's given the Word and He sent prophets to preach what is right. And, and he sent his Holy Spirit to draw sinners in unto himself. But when mankind gets set on his way, God gave us a choice. He gave us a free will. Everybody follow me now? I know there's distractions in here, but stay with me. I'm laying some groundwork. 
When God has given us a free choice, a free will, praise the Lord. He didn't make us to be robots. He made us to have a choice. And when God said, you go your way, just like Cain, and he took his hand off, his hand of blessing, and that's what it means that God gave them up. He didn't just throw us to the wolves. He, he, he pleaded with us, and then he took his hand off and said, if you want that, you have your way. And look what it says. It says, he gave them up to uncleanness. That word uncleanness in the Greek means impurity. Either morally or physically impure. That's what that word uncleanness means. And then it goes on that says through the lust. Found it interesting. When I looked up that word lust, it means a longing for something that is forbidden. That's what that word means. Lust means a longing for something that is forbidden. Now let's read the whole verse again. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor, dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Let's continue. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now let me, let me have you here just for a moment. Let me have your eyes here for a minute. That word changed literally means to like in our modern day English, we would say exchange. It's the same meaning here. They used change back then. We would say exchange. You take something back to the store and you exchange it for something else. And what it's saying here is mankind literally said, I don't want God. I will exchange him for a lie. I will invent something. I will imagine something that I want to be. And I will change the real God in for a lie. That's what mankind has done. You, you hear people today that say, well, uh, well they, they'll, uh, whatever, they name God something else, like Allah. And they say, well, I'll die and I'll kill people in Allah's name. That is not God. That is a lie. Please understand that. That is not God. God is love. Amen? Amen. That's what we looked at at the beginning. All right? Now let's keep going. They worship the creature more than the creator. That's me. Right? That's Brother Martini. He's surely a creature, isn't he? Amen. No, I'm just teasing. But listen, listen. We're talking about something that is made, worshiping something else that is made, and not the one who made them. You with me? Creatures worshiping the creature, not the creator. As soon as we start calling on Mother Nature and worshiping things like cows, like some places in the world worship cows, like India and different things, let's be cautious on that. Those are creatures, those are things that are made. And what's he saying here? He's saying mankind going his own way, he's he's getting further and further from the truth. Now look what the Bible says here. This next verse, the 26, it's already up there. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. That word vile there, that word vile, I wrote it down here and I want to make sure I get it right here. It means disgrace, Dishonor and shame. 
And I looked up that word in the Greek. That's what it means. That word vile means to be disgraceful, to shameful. When I looked up the word natural, see here what it says? For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use. That word natural, and again, I want to get it right here. The word natural means physical or instinct. So what is, what is, what is natural? Instinct. Okay? There's only one way for human beings to have a baby. That's natural. That's instinct. You with me? Everybody follow me now? That's instinct. That's natural. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Against nature. Let's keep going. Another verse. And likewise, this is verse 27. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust. Again, what's lust mean? A longing for that which is forbidden. That's what that word means. Burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, Receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. That word unseemly is another word that means shameful. Let's, let me look here. It means indecency and shameful. That's what that word unseemly means. Men with men is saying that it's unseemly. It's indecent. It's shameful. That's what God's saying. This is the Bible here. This is not my opinion. This is what the Bible's saying. I'm trying to teach you. Church, I'm trying to teach you what the Bible is saying. What does God have to say about this? Not what the preacher has to say. Not what some other guy on the internet has to say. Not what the world's saying. What does God say in His Word? Amen? What does God say in His Word? Now, when it says, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, in other words, that they would get payment or, or consequence for, for that, that error, that fraudulent way. That's what that word error means, fraudulent, which was meat, which was ought to be done. Now, let's go back and remind ourselves of the truth here that we know. The other part, the easy part of the Bible. God loves you. Amen. I love you and I want to help you. And you're welcome here. Let's be reminded of that. We just dealt with a very heavy thing in Scripture right there. God said men with men is wrong. That's what God said. He said women with women is wrong. He said when man leaves out God, he goes away from truth and he goes into these vile affections. Doing that which is against nature. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to plead with you with the truth of the Word of God. Everywhere I look in the world, they're teaching us the opposite of that. Listen here. It doesn't matter what TV program you turn on now, what movie, what kids movie. Be careful, moms and dads. It doesn't matter what it is in the world today that we're turning on. It is everywhere. And somebody needs to tell the truth. And I love you, and I want to help you. God loves you, and you're welcome here. But we need to know the truth. Because it's in our families. It's in among the church. 
It's out in, the, in your schools and it's down the street from you. It's everywhere and we need to know the truth. This is a heavy topic this morning, but it needs to be, it needs to be told. It needs to be told. Let's continue, please. What does the Bible say about this? What is right and what is wrong? Let's continue. I'm going to Leviticus. I won't have you turn there just for, for a moment. I want to read this passage to you, okay? There's a lot more about this. There are so many different types of sexual lifestyles in the world today that are saying that it's being said it's okay. And I know that I, what the word terms that I'm saying, and for the most part, money of our children are not in here, but we've got teenagers and we've got adults and we need to know the truth. We must know the truth. Look what the Bible says here in Leviticus 18. And you may want to write this down if it would be a help to you later. Look what the Bible says. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. You know what that's saying? Committing adultery is wrong. That's what that's saying. That a man can't have another man's wife. And just like that, in the same, a, a woman can't have another, man, another woman's husband. God says, no, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. That is still wrong. It has been and always will be. It's outside the boundaries of marriage. And God said, no. I'm going to skip over a verse here, the verse 22. I want you to see this. Look at this carefully, please. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. What does the Bible say? It is abomination. Does everybody see that? This, we got to know these hard parts of the Bible here. I know I'm on the internet and I know a lot of people might be seeing this and other people might come to find it later. But I'm showing you what the Bible says. This is not my opinion. This is God's. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down here too. It, what does the Bible say? It is confusion. Confusion. God said in Romans, it's against nature. And now in Leviticus, he says it's confusion. Please understand that these things, according to God, are wrong. A man having another man's wife, a man with a man, a woman with a woman, a, a, a man with a beast, that's an animal. These things are wrong. I know this is not pleasant and this is not what we want to hear on a Sunday morning in church, but it is truth and it needs to be told. Because everywhere else in this world, your children and your families and you yourself are being influenced by this wickedness. Please understand this. Please understand this. He continues here and he says, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. He's talking to the, the Israelites and as they come into the promised land, he said, it's in that land and I'm going to cast them out. It's wrong. One of those big ones was, uh, of course, before this time was Sodom and Gomorrah, was it not? In that land that God had to deal with. Please understand, I'm not against you and I'm not against your family and I'm not against uh, any of that. I, God loves you. I love you and I want to help you and you are welcome here. 
but sin is sin. It'd be the same thing. Same thing. We got two young people here fooling around that aren't married. God's calls that sin too. I'm going to preach just as hard against that as well. Because that's not right. It's outside of marriage. And God said that's not to be done. Let's continue. Goes to verse 30. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that ye commit not any one of these abominable customs which are committed before you that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Are you with me, church? It's what God says. He says that's wrong. I'm your God and I'm telling you it's wrong. How do we know what is right and wrong? Because we have a God who tells us so. Amen? This is a heavy topic. Stay with me, please. Deuteronomy. Here's another passage. Preacher, what about all the, what about all the people that, okay, maybe a man's not lying with a man, but he's dressing like a woman anyways? What does the Bible say? The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. There's a lot of names out there in the world today for these things. What I'm saying, these things, I just mean these behaviors, these lifestyles. There's a lot of names. I'm not going to try and name them. Some people will find that to be cruel. And I don't want to be cruel this morning. I'm trying to preach against sin. I love the sinner and I hate the sin. So should you. Love the sinner, hate the sin. God says that a man ought to look like a man and a woman ought to look like a woman. Be careful with this verse that we don't put our assumptions and our own twist on it. God said you shouldn't look like a woman if you're a man. That's what He said. Period. He didn't go on all beyond that and explain everything and do what we sometimes make assumptions and all those things. I'm just saying that God said a man is supposed to be a man and a woman is supposed to be a woman and I made two different sexes on purpose, two different genders, and they have roles and you fulfill those. This, this business of, well, I, I want to identify as something else. I want to look like something else. I want to be something else. God says it's an abomination. That's God's word. That's not my opinion. That's God's word. That's why I'm putting it on the screen for us all to see. Listen here, folks. You turn on the news and you're seeing it constantly. We've got young men in the girls' locker rooms now. It's an abomination. We must know the truth. We must know the truth. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. The Bible says, Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. God made a wonderful thing for marriage. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Please understand that. But it's supposed to be inside the marriage. Amen? Supposed to be inside the marriage. Look at the rest of the verse. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. A whoremonger here is pointing to those that are not married, that are running around, fooling around, doing stuff. And the adulterer is running around, to, or is pointing to those that are married running around doing that. Whoremongers and adulterers. What does it say? God will judge. 
I, again, trust me, I know this is heavy. I was praying over this a long time this week. God, are you sure you want me to deal with this on a Sunday morning? Are you sure you want me to do this thing? And he said, preach it. Preach it. Preach it. Because it's not being preached. And what we're doing is we're, we're cowering away from the world. I know that somebody's searching the internet right now to find messages like this to bring criticism. And we're on the internet. God be glorified. We're going to preach the truth. We're going to preach the truth. But understand, God loves you. I love you, and I want to help you. And you're welcome here. Moms and dads, if this is in your family, they're welcome here. If, if you're here and you're of that lifestyle and you have those feelings and those tendencies or whatever you want to call it, you're welcome here. You're welcome here because God loves you. Because I love you and I want to help you. And you're welcome here. But it doesn't matter who you are. We're still going to preach against sin. We're still going to preach against sin. We got, we got men in here staying up late at night, maybe looking at pornography and things like that. That's still sin. That's still sin. That doesn't mean I hate you. That doesn't mean that I don't want you to come in here. I, I love you, and I want to help you with it. And God loves you. And you're welcome here to hear the truth and get help from the Word of God. Please understand that. I don't want anybody to leave here thinking that they're not loved. The rest of Romans here says this. I believe I have it up here. Okay, the rest of Romans. We're in verse 28. Look what the Bible says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. In other words, reprobate means to be cast away. It means unapproved, cast away. It's the idea that the Holy Spirit was pricking on you and, and teaching you about uh, what is right and what's wrong and, and pointing out sin, but you haven't followed that and you're still going your, other, your own way. And so now the Holy Spirit is not sensed as much anymore. There's not really guilt of sin because we just keep loading on that sin and loading on that sin and loading on that sin and we've gotten dull to, this other, to this, the Holy Spirit's pricking and we've given over to a reprobate mind. To do, look, it says, to do those things which are not convenient. I looked up that word, it means not fit. Literally, like what, what is not acceptable, naturally acceptable, or even understandable. We go so far beyond. Look at the rest of the verse says. Uh, this is verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. You know what that is? That's sexual sins right there, fornication is. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Keep going here. Without natural, with, excuse me, verse 31, without understanding, covenant breakers, look at this, without natural affection implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. 
There are some folks that rejoice in sin. Rejoice in sin. Not only do they do it, not only uh, that, but they rejoice in other people doing it and rejoicing in sin. It amazes me, folks, it amazes me that our country right now has whole campaigns about slaughtering babies. And they're rejoicing about slaughtering babies. Innocent child that was created because that those people made a choice. Shameful. Shameful. God loves you. Do you understand that? God loves you. I love you and I want to help you. And you are welcome here. Let that be the theme today. Let that be the theme today. I don't want anybody to leave here and think, well, he hates me. I love you and I want to help you. Because God loves you. And you're welcome here. You're welcome here. But there is right and wrong in this area of sexual lifestyles. We must recognize it. Jesus Christ wants to save you from your sin. He does. He wants to forgive you. He wants to adopt you into His family. We already talked about that this morning. So here it is. Will you come and receive His forgiveness? And will you come and receive His salvation? Because He loves you and He wants to save you. He wants to forgive you and He wants to save you. Would you come and receive it? Would you come? Christian, this morning, I wonder, in our life, and as we're dealing with these things, do we have that mentality of Jesus Christ that He loves people? He forgives them? Wants to save them? Because, Christian, you know what happens in our lives? We get cruel. We get mean. Well, bless God! We do. God loves people. Think about that one example, and I quote, I often reference it, but a, a sexual sin where a woman's being drug out from the, in the temple and said she was caught in the very act. Of course, after dealing with everybody else, he turns to her and he says, go and sin no more. He didn't let her get stoned. He showed her forgiveness. And he said, now go sin no more. He didn't say, Don't, go continue in your sin. Go sin no more. No matter who you are, God loves you. No matter who you are and what you do and all those things, I love you and I want to help you. And you're always welcome here. Let's bow together, please. Lord, a, di- a difficult message of the day. And thank you for giving it, Lord. This is what you wanted. I know it's what you wanted. And I know, Lord, that you, that this, you were in this thing. God, it was not a bombastic message. It was not one that, that uh, uh, Lord, was, was jumping all around and, and pep rally type. It wasn't anything. Uh, I know that, Lord, it was a little, a, a little softer, a little, bit, uh, a little bit right to the point. But, God, that's what you wanted, and we trust you. I pray that there's nobody under the sound of my voice and nobody on the internet right now that would think that this is against them and contrary to them and and, uh, hating them. Lord, may the, the, the love of God be the theme. 
May it be seen, may it be felt, that people love you. They want to forgive you. They want to help you. They want to, you're welcome here. Lord, I pray that that would be the theme. But Lord, sin is sin. And your word preaches against it. And so I must. And I ask you, Lord, if, there's, if we're dealing with some things, Lord, that, that we would we'd find some help with it. We go to somebody and pray. Ask them to pray with them. Lord, maybe there's some moms and dads in here and it's in, your fa- it's in their family. Maybe some grandma and grandpas in here and it's in your family. Maybe aunt and uncles and, and siblings and cousins. Lord, it's in our families. And the world is constantly and consistently preaching the opposite of the Word of God. And I pray that we would be loving, we would be forgiving, and Lord, You'd help us to continue to welcome them into this place. Do Your perfect work this morning, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.